Ladies and gentlemen, this is the World Series of Politics, where Brendan Bussman and Brant Iden race through the turn on key legislative and regulatory developments around the gaming world. As these two come up to the green flag, let's get into this race for expansion and opportunity for the industry to grow until we hit the checkered flag on another episode of the World Series of Politics. Hey, sports fans, welcome back to another World Series of Politics podcast with your hosts, the Cape Crusaders, Brent Iden and Brendan Bussman. So good to be back with you. And here we are in the fabulous Las Vegas. Uh, we are live, sort of, you know, this is this is being recorded live, but of course, uh, we're going to replay it for you at home in the audience. But we're basically live for the most part, Brendan. Here we are in your hometown. Thanks for having me out. What are we doing out here? We're meeting with legislators, right? We got a lot of legislative stuff on, but, you know, Brent, you're absolutely right because you are in the entertainment and sports capital of the world. We've got the rodeo. We've got... Uh, the Raiders, we've got the Golden Knights, we've got it all coming, and we've got uh, great things on the horizon with F1, the Super Bowl, Final Four, college football playoff. It's all happening in Vegas. So you I know. hear you guys maybe getting an MLB team too, from the sounds of things. I hear well, that baseball may be coming to them. We would love to have baseball. Uh, we would love to see it. I have my preferred site that I will say I've shopped to an operator uh, for now about four years. So. Uh, just down the street from where we're at right now. So, uh, you know, it's uh, there's a lot of opportunity here for to continue the uh, sports momentum, and uh, there's only one place you can do it, and it's Vegas. And, what, and what's the personal income tax rate out here, Brendan? I always forget. You, you know, there's this, this round number. It's called zero. Well, it's called zero. That's right. That's right. Remember, you're talking to the no-tax guy. I know. I remember. I remember. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because the rodeo is obviously going on. I was walking the casino floor earlier this morning, which I love to do. And I will tell you, and you talk about this a lot, Brandon, but it is fantastic to see this city come back from the pandemic. I mean, Vegas is really doing well right now. It, it is amazing to me. And I, and I say that for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, you've had 20 straight months in the state of Nevada of a billion plus revenue. Um, it's become our new norm. It's faced that throughout all the headwinds we've had of recovery, um, not only coming out of the pandemic, but all the other things that are going on from a geopolitical supply chain, inflation, all of those things. And it just shows the true testament that gaming can do and provides to communities, not just here, but around the world, uh, in being a good economic generator to be able to do that. And whether it's the rodeo this week or you know, conventions coming in and other sports teams coming in next week. And, um, you know, I, I know obviously uh, the Raiders aren't uh, aren't in this weekend, but, uh, you know, come back for a Raider game and we'll show you that, uh, you know, the number of people coming in uh, not only fill Allegiant, but just are in for the weekend. So they had a tough night last night against the Rams. I thought they were definitely going to cover that six and a half points. I put my money on that and I, that that did not prove to, to work out for me, but no, you're absolutely right. And, and to that point, you know, there's been a lot of negative stories out there. And I know we're going to get into that uh, later on in the podcast about sort of the industry currently. But it's great that you highlight the success of the industry, the economic development, the jobs. In fact, yesterday I saw that the Venetian and uh, is going to do $1,500 to every employee because they've been doing so well. Did you see that story? It is. It's great. It actually, that went before the Game Control Board back in November. 
um, and uh, to explain that. And that's obviously under under the leadership of Apollo uh, that's getting ready to upgrade that property as well. They bought it off of Las Vegas Sands back in February uh, for the low price of 6.2B um, in partnership with Vici. Um, but it shows that, you know, you've had uh, a bunch of employees here that have survived the test of time to be able to get this city back in the shape it in. You know, I go back to, to uh, when uh, Governor Sisolak shut down the industry back in uh, March of 20, and you could drive down the strip and there wasn't a person you saw and you thought the bomb went off and you were the last guy left. And that's completely opposite of what we got today. So uh, it's great. No, it, it is great to see. I was thinking about purchasing that. I was just uh, $6.2 billion short, uh, but I was I was thinking about getting involved in that purchase personally. I just needed, I came to you for a loan, Brendan, with all your money, you know. I mean, oh, well, you, you know, know. I, 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 you know, it's about credit worthiness. So, you know, it's. Uh, <laughs> oh, I do, fair enough. Fair. Speaking of credit worthiness, I still think you owe me a bottle of wine. I had to fly all the way out here just to collect it from you. Well, you know, I know. Well, you know, with with uh, the the holiday season, maybe you'll see a little bit more giving in there than uh, than uh, just the one bottle. But uh, yes, I, I know all about the bottle of Pinot and and Maryland, <laughs> which obviously launched recently into a great success. So, and we will talk about that. But let's dive in. You mentioned Las Vegas Sands. We talk a lot about obviously the U.S. side of things. Let's talk about Macau. Uh, I know we had covered that a little bit, but but tell us what's going on in Macau and give us some of your thoughts on that. Well, you know, obviously this is the World Series of Politics and Macau, uh, which at one point was the largest gaming jurisdiction on the planet, um, has just gone through uh, and is finishing up, I should say, its license renewal process. Uh, For those that may or may not know, uh, the initial concessions that went into play uh, started in 2000 and 2002. Um, They were synced up to be all on the same 20-year cycle to end here. Uh, actually at the end of uh, June is when they were originally supposed to end, but because of the pandemic in uh, Macau and and China, they uh, had to extend it six months in the process uh, along the way. Um, Recently, though, um, they went through the process. There were seven that applied uh, for the six concessions. Um, They expanded it from the original three that each had a sub-concession so that each uh, group would there be a total of six separate ones as opposed to the three and the subs. Um, and, uh, you know, the six incumbents ended up winning. Um, Genting, uh, which owns Resorts World, uh, not just here in Vegas, but around the globe, uh, was the seventh that, uh, you know, got shut out of the process. They, they did, uh, you know, try 20 years ago when this process was going on. Um, but I will say this, I think, uh, regardless of them winning or, or you know, not on this time, um, it does put them in a good position because Macau's a different Macau than it was three years ago. Right. Uh, you know, you went through a, a uh, gaming jurisdiction that shut down for the first time in February of, of 2020 um, and really hasn't been open since. And you have a significantly different environment over there. Uh, you don't have the influence you had previously with junkets. Uh, the movement of money is going to be completely different. Um, while you have, you know, the six incumbents in Las Vegas Sands and Wynn and MGM and SJM and Galaxy and Melco uh, that all uh, won again, they obviously are finalizing their new agreements and the commitments they're making to retain those licenses over the next 10 years. 
Um, but it really sets up for how these these first 10 years are going to set up for the next 10, um, which after that, I see very much of a continued uh, China internal focus to be able to do that and focus more on, on Chinese companies being a part of that as opposed to what you currently have in a bifurcated, you know, three American operators, three uh, Asia slash uh, Chinese based cust- or, uh, companies out there as well. So it's a fascinating dynamic. Obviously, we don't know how Macau is going to recover uh, because it hasn't been opened. Um, I haven't been back there since uh, I want to say the last time I was in Macau would have been fall of 19 um, to be able to be there. And, and I look forward to going back uh, at some point, but you've got to open up the bridge to, to Hong Kong and then obviously get that full gate open over in, in uh, uh, the provinces around there in, in Guangdong and, and others to uh, let tourists and, and Chinese nationals come back in. Well, you know, I've obviously been following this very closely and the, the, the pandemics and the lockdowns and, and, well, the pandemic policies that have forced the lockdowns obviously have not been good for the industry at all. And in fact, you know, the tie-in, and, and there's a lot of overlap differently, although here in the U.S., is, is this just forces people into the illegal market. If they can't go and game in the regulated market, they're going to obviously go and find a, an outlet for that, and they're going to they're gonna bet offshore. And so that's happening globally. We know that's happening here in the U.S. Uh, there's obviously a new study out by the AGA, talks about the, the dollars that are flowing out, uh, both on the sports betting side as well as the... Yeah, the, the casino side for, for traditional casino games, uh, slot, table games, poker, blackjack, et cetera. Um, this is a massive number. Were you, you know, I was pretty shocked at how big that number was. In fact, it was a lot bigger than I thought it was. You know, were you blown away by that figure? You know, I, I was and I wasn't. And I don't want that to sound like I'm a, I'm a, a politician or a recovering politician like you. Oh, uh, but. Uh, you know, well, I, I do what I can, but you know, it's one of those that you know, as you sat here throughout the United States, and I'll use, you know, the these quote skill based gray machines that exist throughout the country, uh, and you look at states like Virginia, you look at states like Pennsylvania, you even look at like my home state in Nebraska. I mean, you go into a bar, you go into a gas station, and you see these machines. I mean, I remember a hotel I stayed in once, and they're like, "Hey, if you get bored, we've got some some games out back." And I'm sitting there, there's 20 machines in there. And you're right. sitting there, they're, they're untaxed. There aren't the consumer protections in place. And there there's no ability to make sure that those games are being played accurately and fairly to the consumer, that states are losing out in revenue. Consumers are potentially losing money that they shouldn't be losing based off the odds that should exist off those machines. And plain and simply, they're just not regulated. So, you know, whether you're talking sports, iGaming, anything else, you know, there's a plethora of information out there that we've got to got to figure out how to corral in each and every one of these states. Well, you're you're absolutely right, and and not to mention all that does is really dilute those uh, that are regulated in the industry, like ourselves, uh, that go out and purchase these licenses. Uh, they pay an astronomical amount of money in some of these states, uh, overpay tax rates, which I know you love to talk about in some states, and. You basically get punished for it for these legal operators. And so, you know, I, I I know it may be a bit extreme, but it is absolutely an existential threat to the industry, in my opinion. And it's something that I know we've had Bill Miller on this show before talking about, and he will continue to talk about because I do believe that it is a major priority here in the U.S. and globally to, to really shut that down and make sure that we have regulated 
a regulated, safe industry to play in. And, you know, we opened the show and talked a little bit about some of the the negative stories that have been out there recently as it relates to the industry. And, and, you know, it's, I think it's always good to sort of take a critical eye. I mean, you know, you and I work in this industry and, and so we, we have to be, you know, we, we have to see the whole thing. We have to see the whole map and say, okay, you know, are there some shortcomings? Sure. Is this a new industry? Absolutely. Is there a lot of things we can do better? Of course there are. And we're growing and, and with every new industry that grows, there are growing pains. Um, but I think some of the things that have been discussed in some of the articles that are out there were just a, 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 a bridge too far, in my opinion. Thoughts on that? Well, you know, I, I always like to use, and I and I use this term with a uh, reporter the, this morning uh, that was asking me about one of the latest stories off of this New York Times, Bloomberg, Wall Street Journal, whatever else stuff that's been out there recently, is, you know, this isn't about reporting, it's about creating a narrative. And that's the unfortunate problem off of this. You're right on all this, but this is an industry that's been through several evolutions. You know, I, I sit there and I look at how riverboat gaming took the scene and, and how it was this and then it was that and whether it's promo player, whether this is deducted and that isn't deducted and a whole host of things. And it's like, hey, guys, we've been through this. It works through it. And, you know, I go back to what I was saying a little bit earlier when it related to Vegas. But I also say this as an industry in itself is, there aren't a lot of industries and people that want to do business that come into a community and say, hey, let me come in. I'm going to operate like any other business. I'm going to pay my sales tax. I'll pay my income tax for those states that have it. I'll pay my property tax. I'll do all these things. Oh, and by the way, tax me at X percent on what I do for entertainment for people, and I'll give it to you in a regulated, well-balanced, consumer-protected environment. There aren't many people that do that. And then in return, you can't have people say, oh, you do too much of this, you do much too much of that. Nobody regulates Starbucks that way. Nobody regulates Target that way. Nobody regulates any of these industries in a different way. You know, I wanted to say, hey, you guys are coming after us. What are you doing after Notre Dame and their, and their Guinness beer sponsorship? You know, you've got a lot of things out there that, while we're the target right now, as an industry, we do a lot of good things in a lot of communities and bring a lot of jobs and a lot of influence in bringing in bringing in that that uh, that investment into communities to be able to do it. And if we have the right setup to do it, you're going to see economic development. You're going to see the whole process. And that's what no. got lost in all of this along the way. Yeah, no, you're you're spot on. You're spot on, and I appreciate that. And as a former legislator, I think what really got missed is the fact that there was a lot of talk about tax rates and money that isn't collected. And by the way, you're collecting zero unless you regulate this. But but sure, we can talk about that and, and shortcomings and projections and all that. But really, at the end of the day, what gets lost in all of this is this is about consumer protection. This is about protecting the players. This is about regulating something that is happening offshore, that illegal market and protecting people. And it is it is the legislature's job in, in these in these state governments to protect consumers, right? That's why we have helmet laws. That's why we have seatbelt laws. We have to put guardrails around this. And so that's what really gets lost in all this is this is this starts with consumer protections. Why do we do, uh, you know, iCasino in Michigan? Because we wanted to regulate an industry that we knew existed, knew, knew existed. Why do we do sports betting? Because we knew it was happening and we wanted to regulate it. But, you know, look, look at that. Just like that, we're up against the time as per usual. So many things to cover on this show. Always great joining you, my friend. It's great to be in Las Vegas. I know we're going to connect up again later on this evening. And uh, we've got another show before the end of the year. 
So please join us. We've got a great special guest coming on. So I'm going to tease that a little bit, but uh, hit us up on social media and uh, feel free to let us know what you want to, what you want to hear us talk about. So Brandon, always great to be with you. Always great to be with you too, Brant. And obviously, you know, I think in that last show before the, uh, before the end of the year, we'll make a few predictions heading into 23, not just what happens here in the U.S., but what's going to happen globally. So uh, stay tuned for the next episode. And, and I can't wait for people to hear our uh, special guest. You've been listening to the World Series of Politics podcast with Brendan Bussman and Brant Eiden. We'll be back at the starting line very soon. This has been an IGB production. For the latest news, views, analysis, and data on the global gaming industry, head to iGamingBusiness.com.